This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at CSM Roots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hi guys, my name is Keziah. I help lead the junior and senior girls. I want to start with a very important question. So, how many of you are going to hang out with your cousins at some point this Christmas? Yeah, let's give it up for all the cousins in the world. Love that group. I have a bestie cousin. She's my favorite. Ronalyn, if you're watching this, shout out to you. But there's nothing better than hanging out with them. Unless it's no fun at all. In that case, there's probably a lot of things better than hanging out with your cousins. My family parties are always chaotic. My dad is one of five, so that means I have a lot of aunts and uncles, and therefore cousins. A lot of my cousins are older than me by quite a lot, the oldest being in his mid-30s. This cousin is cool for the most part, but with such a huge age difference, it's sometimes awkward to make conversation. So it was just like any other Christmas party, food, laughter, and just good vibes all around. Everything was going really great until suddenly there was yelling. Listen, we're a loud family, but this was not the fun type of yelling. It turns out my cousin had a little too much to drink and got in an argument with his dad, who also had a little too much to drink. So my cousin and uncle were literally about to throw hands and everyone was trying to stop it. Eventually they stopped and the party resumed as normal, but the tension was still very much present, no pun intended. See, Christmas can be like that. Sometimes it's just a mess, and I'm not talking about wrapping paper and food plates. It can be messy relationally and circumstantially. And sometimes we feel like we're my family members trying to calm down drunk people. All we want to do is just clean it up and get things in order. But unfortunately, it's not always possible. And that, my friends, is what we're talking about today. Sometimes, Christmas brings the messes to the surface stuff that's already been going on. For example, maybe we've been lonely for a while, but once Christmas break hits and we don't have regular routines and schedules to distract us, it sinks in. Or it seems like we come across endless pictures of happy couples at Christmas time and it reminds us that we're by ourselves. Maybe things have been falling apart at home for a while, or they're already broken or fractured, and Christmas brings all of that back to the front and center. Maybe it's a reminder of someone who's gone or someone who's struggling. Maybe it's too much unstructured, unstructured time in the same place and Christmas becomes a time for old habits to come crawling back. And sometimes when we try to, or we try to fix and control things as quickly as possible so that everything stays in order, we try to manage the mess. For example, we manage our image. We post things that make it seem like family life is perfect for us. We know that we can't control the mess in our family, but we can manage it by what we portray on Instagram. We make sure that everything looks just right. We manage expectations. We try to do everything we can to keep everyone happy. We feel like we're the one responsible to make sure that everyone gets along. Maybe you're in the middle of two divorced parents and you feel the need to keep the peace at Christmas time. We manage relationships. We use all kinds of tactics to try to get people to do what we want them to do. We manipulate. 
We say things like, I can't believe you would act like that. We tell our parents, you're ruining my Christmas break. We play the victim, ignore people, yell at people, whatever it takes to manage the people around us. We manage behavior. Maybe some of you find control by doing everything perfectly. You do exactly what your parents expect from you. Maybe some of you are the opposite. You act out in negative ways in order to show the authority figures in your life that they're not in, in control of you. The list could go on and on. We, have, we all have our ways of managing the messes, especially during the holidays. The good news is that what we're going to talk about today is not only helpful in the areas where we try to manage the messes, it's helpful in all other areas of life too. And it has the potential to really change the game on how we view things this Christmas season. The first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels. They are the accounts of Jesus' life when he lived among us. And these books are very important because they're all about Jesus. And this is huge because, well, Jesus was God. So if we want to see what God is like, all we have to do is look at Jesus. Matthew is the first gospel, and it records what happened after Jesus was born. Let me break it down like this. The traditional Christmas story, that's chapter one. If there's a nativity scene at your grandma's house, that's what chapter one is all about. Jesus is born in a cave. Mary, Joseph, and some animals were all gathered around. This is what Christmas pageants are all about. Today, we're going to turn the page to chapter two. In fact, literal chapter two of Matthew starts by saying this. Matthew chapter two, verse one. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod. So now we learn about the guy who's in charge when Jesus was born. King Herod, he's called Herod the Great. He crushed opposition. He was wealthy, smart, and strong. He did some brilliant things, but he was also in love with power. His fits of rage and jealousy led him to do all kinds of things. Verse one continues. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So some wise men come to town. Maybe you've also seen them in your grandma's nativity scene. They're definitely part of the Christmas story, but they're more chapter two than chapter one. When they show up, they wanna know where their Messiah is. The Messiah is the leader the Jewish people had been waiting for that would solve their problems and help them break free from the people that ruled over them. Jesus is that Messiah and he came for all people. Stop and think about that for a second. Jesus, who is God in a human body, came to earth. Like God came to earth and dealt with all the human things, bruises, stress, puberty, and pimples. In fact, after Jesus came to earth, lived, died, and came back to life, one of his earliest followers explained it all this way. Philippians 2 verse five. In his very nature, he was God. Jesus was equal with God. But Jesus didn't take advantage of that fact. Instead, he made himself nothing. He made this by taking on the nature of a servant. He was, he was made just like human beings. King Jesus came with humility in order to help us. As we go back to the Christmas story, that's who the Magi are looking for. They're asking, where's Jesus? The man who's going to save us and lead us. We want to worship him. Matthew continues. Matthew 2, verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. By this, Matthew means the news that another king had been born. 
Just like that, the current king is threatened. Herod was in charge, and now there was competition. There can't be two kings. The last thing Herod wanted to do was lose control. His control of the kingdom, his future, his wealth, and his power. So, he panicked. Before we judge, let's all admit that in some ways, we do that too. We try to manage the mess, and when we feel like we're losing control of what's going on around us, we don't like it. When we can't manage our image and people find out that our family isn't perfect, we hate it. When there's too much unknown it feels, and it feels out of your control, we feel anxious. When we can't manipulate people into doing what we want, we get angry. When we can't make everyone happy and be everywhere at once, we feel overwhelmed. We don't like our sense of control being messed with. Herod started slowly unraveling. He went to the wise men, wise men with a sneaky plan. Matthew 2, verse 8. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Herod had obviously no desire to worship Jesus. He would have immediately had Jesus killed. The wise men never came back to Herod and never sent him a report. They saw Jesus, celebrated him, then went a different way back to their hometown. When Herod realized that his little plan didn't work, he lost it. He did something so horrible, it made my stomach turn. He ordered for kids two and under, who could possibly fit in Jesus' Jesus's description, to be killed. Was his plan successful? Of course not. Did his plan create a lot of pain and chaos? Absolutely! Now, I want to be really clear. I know Herod's example is extreme, but there is something in his story that we can't miss. Herod represents what happens when we try to be the Lord of our own lives. When you think about it, this, this story is really a tale of two kings. King Herod was concerned about losing his throne. He wanted to protect and maintain it. King Jesus arrived in a manger to invite everyone to a new and better kingdom. King Herod created a temporary fear-based solution. King Jesus came to restore chaos for all of eternity. King Herod made things messier. King Jesus came to bring peace. King Herod felt threatened by Jesus. King Jesus felt no threat. I mean, he was like freshly one or two or baby. I don't even know. Anyway, he came to help Herod and all of humanity to get rid of those unhealthy things in his heart and become the fullest version of himself. When we think that following Jesus is about losing ourselves, it can feel threatening. But when we realize that Jesus came so that we could finally have real joy, peace, hope, and love, everything changes. Herod obviously never realized this. He ended his life in a sad way. He was never going to be king forever, no matter what he tried. He wanted to make it all happen on his own. He tried to manage the mess, but it didn't work. It never does. The same that's true for him that first Christmas is true for me today. And it's true for you too. Think of it this way. You weren't meant to be the one that keeps it all together. You weren't meant to be the master of the mess. You want to fix and control things? Me too. But that's what makes Christmas so powerful. It's not about us keeping things together in our own power. It's about focusing on the only one who can truly lead us to life the way it's supposed to be. The king who was born and placed in a manger. The king who, out of love for us, came to live among us. But what could that look like in the middle of any of the messes we're currently facing? There are 
a couple of ideas. One, loosen your grip. This is what King Herod failed to do. He was so intense, worried, anxious, and threatened that he let the worst parts of him get the best of him. We think that controlling and managing things takes away anxiety. In reality, it has the potential to increase anxiety. When we learn to let go and put it in the hands of God, we can actually feel more peace and rest. I saw this illustration when I was a kid. It's so simple, but I still remember it today. So, let's say I put this delicious candy in this cup, and then I reach inside, grab, and grip it tightly. I can't get my hand out. If I let go, however, I can get my hand out easily, and then I can just turn over the cup and pour the candy in my hand. Like I said, it's super simple, but sometimes the things that we think we'll get from control and order, things like peace and security, those actually show up through letting go. And it's such a less exhausting way to live. Two, trust the king who humbled himself. Jesus is secure enough in who he is to be the humble king. Out of his love for us, he came to earth, lived his life among us to show the loving heart of God, then displayed his ultimate love by dying on a cross for our sins. We can let go and trust him with everything and anything in our lives. In a perfect world, all the messes would just go away, or we could just clean them up ourselves. But as we learn through Herod, that doesn't work. This Christmas, we have a God who is right there with us in the middle of the mess. God is present, God is loving, and God is powerful. You weren't meant to be the one that keeps it all together. God can manage the mess this holiday season. You don't have to be king or lord of your life. That's God's job. After all, God is much better at it than we are. Let me pray. Dear God, I just thank you for everything you have blessed us with. And I thank you for this season where we are able to not only spend time with family, but also remember that you sent Jesus to die for us. Um, I pray that we can remember to just let go and let you be the one in control as you always have been. We love you so much and we just thank you for everything. In your name I pray. Amen.